My name is Drew Guillaume, Director of Marriage Ministries here. This is my lovely bride, Amanda. Um, and so tonight we're going to kind of do something a little bit different. We're going to do some teaching on, on biblical roles. So sorry we didn't have worship tonight. Somebody got the stomach bug, and so we figured it would be better to keep them away uh, and not be here. But um, this, is a, this is a topic that we're going to talk about tonight, which is really the biblical role for the husband and the biblical role for the wife. And this is an area that, that gets a lot of confusion and can sometimes get a bad rap. And so uh, just kind of listen to everything that we're going to talk about today. And so my charge for everybody in here is that uh, this is an opportunity for you to really listen to your role. Okay, I, this is not the time for you to, to make a list of how your spouse is not fulfilling their role, but absolutely look at what God is saying, what your role is. And then you can also listen to the other role of going, okay, how do I need to be praying for my spouse right now? All right? Um, and so Amanda will kind of give us a And so um, before we do that, Amanda will give us a little intro on, on us. But the, the text that we're going to spend the most time in is going to be Ephesians 5. Uh, verses 22 through 33, and then 1 Peter 3, verses 1 through 7, which is really going to sum up uh, of what we're going to talk about. talking, talking. I'm really good at that. <laughs> okay, there we go. Thank you. Um, okay, so like Drew said, we're going to talk about and, and unpack the roles of a husband and a wife. And biblically, the husband is called to love and lead his wife, and the wife is called to submit um, to her husband and to help. So we'll talk through that. But like he said, I'm going to give you a little bit of a glimpse of our story and how we very heavily inverted those roles um, for many, many years in our early marriage. Um, for those who don't know our story, we were in some pretty deep trenches for a very long time. Neither of us fulfilled God's ordained roles. We really didn't even know what that meant or what that looked like. Um, you are looking at two people up here that should not be. We should not be here. We should not still be married by the world standards. Our three children should not be here by the world standards. Um, we had so many issues early on in our marriage, and not only was our faith not aligned with one another, we couldn't communicate. So we, you can just imagine that we were um, really in a, a vortex um, and, and destruct, very destructive to one another. Um, I was absolutely the one taking leadership, the leadership role in our marriage. And he wasn't leading at the time in early marriage for us. And it culminated to the point that I came home one day and said, if this is the worst, if for better or for worse, I'm out. Um, it, we were on the brink of of ruining our marriage and divorcing, really. Um, so you're listening to two folks tonight that we, we just want to tell you we've been there. I know a lot of you are in really hard places, and we have been there as well, so you're not alone. Yeah, so just kind of give you a glimpse in our family. I think we got a picture of, of our family, and so this is, we've got uh, two girls and, um, and a boy, and so the girls, we got, a, our oldest is 13, seventh grader, middle school, so you can imagine what we're up against right now. Um, and then the 10-year-old, uh, she's just our, our encourager, our caretaker, but again, she's finding herself. And so for, uh, what, eight years, I was in a house of girls until Patrick came around and we just have another penis in the house. And so it just, it kind of balances things out a little bit and it's been, been pretty great. Not really, not really. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 that's fair. Okay, so uh, we're going to talk uh, again, just to sum up, the, the role of the husband is to love and to lead, and the role of the wife is to help and to submit. 
So again, before you get upset, let us talk to you guys about what these two roles are uh, and what God says what these roles are. All right, so first, the husband's role, loving her. Um, the, the Ephesians 5, 25, 26 right here is, is the most important. It says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, sanctify her having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. And, and it, it keeps going on. And he also just says, hey, in the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it. Um, just as Christ does the church. So a few things here, like loving her, this is gonna be the hardest thing that you ever do. Loving your wife is gonna be the hardest thing that you ever do um, because it's not a feeling, it is an action. And when we look at Ephesians 5, that is like how Christ loved the church, he gave up his life for the church. So uh, my call is to love her to the point of my death. And, and, and um, it, it's, it's, uh, excuse me, Jesus' whole life was defined by his loving actions. Just over and over and over again in scripture, how he loved the people around him and, and he served everyone around him. And then it talks about in verse 29, where it says that, that uh, um, where it says, but nourish and cherishes it just as Christ does the church. He cherishes us. He cherishes this church, which is what his calling for me is that I need to cherish Amanda. Um, and before Christ, I had no idea what this meant. And I certainly didn't cherish her, right? I, I was so focused on my own stuff, my career, my hobbies, my wants, my desires. And I was so selfish that honestly, I can't even think of a time uh, where I put her needs above my own. And this just led to uh, control on, on both of our parts, but a lot of bitterness and us continuing to drift apart. But after I came to Christ and, um, uh, you know, 2007, 2008, that, that whole verse of Ephesians 5.25 really came to light for me of saying, oh my gosh, okay, I really have to love her in a way that, that is much more radical. Like, can I love her as Christ loved the church? No, I can't. I will fail on that every day, but that is my goal is to strive to do that on a continual basis. Um, so some of the things that, that, that I do that, that just become a, a, a blessing, which is, hey, I... I choose every day to love her. It is a conscious decision that I make every day. And, and I study how the best way I can serve her. I engage with her. Um, I wanna know what she's got going on every day. I wanna know where she is in the word. Uh, I listen to her. If, if she's got something going on and she's struggling with or, or she needs something from me and I'm not hearing it, I, I really have to work hard to listen to her and not just try and fix everything. Um, look for ways to, to serve her by lightening her load, by lightening her load. And, and the Matt Moss uh, uh, way of life is called, um, hey, when she's up, I'm up. When she sits, I sit. That ruined a lot of, of downtime for me, right? But, but that is what I'm called to do. I remember hearing that, I was like, oh my God, you suck. I cannot believe you just said that. But it was great. And, and it's been something that, that, that has changed my heart in the way that I can serve her. Um, and uh, the, the last thing is that I want to understand her and I want to understand can, unconditional love, which is a love without response. And we as guys, we're very performance-based. And so, you know, we do good at work. We get accolades. We're good at sports. We get trophies, whatever it is. I, I love her despite what she does, unconditionally. 
I seek to understand her. First Peter 3, 7 through 8 talks about, hey, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. And it also talks about them being fellow heirs, right? That, that we are to show them honor as fellow heirs. And then it also says, hey, if I don't do that, if I don't live with her in an understanding way and treat her like she is a fellow heir, my prayers will be hindered. And so this is a really good um, barometer of how you wanna know how well I'm doing with Jesus is look at my marriage. Because if this ain't right, then you can almost guarantee that I'm not right with the Lord. But if I'm running hard after God and if, I'm, if I am uh, uh, abiding with him, this is gonna be good. And you can see it as, as a reflection. Um, so one of the questions that I have here is like, hey, if, if someone was to look at your marriage right now, would they see that? Would they see that it's um, Christ's, uh, a reflection of Christ's relationship with the church? Would, the, would they see that it is an understanding relationship? Or would they balk at that? You know, I think of, of times when I have lacked understanding. And one of the most painful things is that with our second kid, she really went through really, really bad postpartum depression. I mean, it was dark. And I could not have been more unloving and lack understanding. Um, and it did not serve her well. Those are those things that I wish that I could go back and redo. Um, but I, I, once we learned what it was, and once I learned that, hey, she's not going to snap out of this, I, I studied up on postpartum depression. I started to learn more about it of going, okay, how can I understand what she's going through? I can't experience it, but I can do whatever I can to understand so I can love her better. Um, the, the, the other thing that I do is self-denial right? Um, as I said, just selfishness designed or, uh, defined our marriage for a long time. And I put so many things ahead of, uh, ahead of her, work, hobbies, just anything that, that I wanted to do. Um, and there were, there were times also that she was selfish too, right? But my call is to obey Christ first, that, that I am to give up and deny myself for the sake of, of my bride which is just another reflection of unconditional love. Um, and when I came to Christ and started understanding what God was calling me to do and began to walk obediently in the role that he gave me, our marriage started to improve, right? I, I quit thinking about all of her faults and I really started focusing on, hey, what is it to, to be a man, to be God's man, um, and started looking at my junk. Um, but loving her is hard, right? I, 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 I enjoy it, I like it, but it's still hard. But I, again, Look back at Jesus who gave up everything to show his love for us. And that's my example of what, uh, of what I'm called to do, okay? So my other role is to lead. Um, and, and so I wanna be clear about this, that, that this is not about rank, it's about role, okay? Because I lead doesn't make me any better than her. We are equal value in God's eyes, period. Um, but just as I did a poor job of, of loving her, I did just as bad job, if not worse, of leading her because uh, I didn't do it at all. I mean, I was lazy in any kind of spiritual matters whatsoever. Um, I didn't pursue her. I didn't see a need to pursue her or serve her in any way. And, and um, man, I was what, what we would call a passive husband. And, and in leadership, the worst things that we can do in leadership is, is passivity um, and, and just not being uh, uh, attentive in, in leading my bride. Um, you know, and, and, and I didn't know that I was supposed to lead. And I think that that part of what was, was brought her some bitterness, but also kept us um, drifting away. So leader, leading is not what you think, right? It is not bossing. It is not uh, uh, having her do what I say. Um, but it is about um, serving, 
And if we wanna look at the best leader throughout history, I'm always gonna go to Jesus. And you can look at him over and over and over again about how he served everybody that he was around. And he did it unselfishly to the point of his death. So for me to to lead, um, I'm gonna give up what I want in order to provide for her. Um, I'm gonna lead spiritually, which means I have to lead myself first. If I'm not leading myself well, I am not gonna lead anybody else. Um, And so I have to abide with Christ daily, work on my own walk so that I can lead her and the family spiritually. Um, I'm always gonna take the initiative in resolving conflict. Uh, Even if Amanda is 99% at fault and I'm 1% at fault, it is my call to lead out in resolving that conflict that I I will be quick to go asking for forgiveness first. And out of that, Amanda, there's never been a time where Amanda hasn't come right behind me with, with for, uh, asking for forgiveness as well. Um, next, I'm gonna be making choices that are always going to be putting God first and, and Amanda second. So that's gonna go with, with what I do with work, uh, with what I do with friends, all that kind of stuff. And then lastly, I'm gonna have, um, I'm gonna have godly men in my life who are gonna love me, who are gonna encourage me, who are for our marriage, who are not just for me personally, but they're for our marriage. And having that godly counsel around me to help me uh, be a good leader is something that I never wanna, never wanna live without. Um, and again, always gonna look for those ways to lighten her load. When she's up, I'm up. When she sits, I sit. Sorry guys, I just ruined a lot of Saturday college football days for you. Um, but look guys, if, if we're not gonna lead our wives well, uh, that it makes their role of what God is calling them to do even more difficult. Um, and part of me asks also, hey, if we're not fulfilling our roles to love and to lead our spouse, like, why would they follow us? Why would anybody follow us? And so that's a responsibility that we have is to work hard to love and lead our spouse as well. Okay, before y'all think he's lucky that I kept him around, let me share my side. Because <laughs> really I'm the lucky one. The blessed one. Okay, so as we shared, wife is called to be the helper and to submit. Um, For several years, like I said, I really acted as the leader in our marriage and um, leading the two of us before we had children. Despite the fact that Drew wasn't leading, I think even if he had wanted to lead, I probably wouldn't have let him. Um, I was very much raised to be an independent leader kind of gal, and I liked it. I liked being in charge. I liked calling the shots. Um, And so I quickly inverted those roles in our marriage as well. Um, I was not submitting to the Lord either. Um, Neither of us were really walking with the Lord early in marriage. So I didn't, again, know what that looked like. Genesis 2, 18 says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Um, I struggled with this title, like I said, because I wanted to lead. I, didn't, I saw helper as being second best, and that's not what the Lord is saying at all. Um, like I said, I was wanting to be the leader. Um, I, was, I felt that that was um, you know, just the strength that I had, and he wasn't, so I stepped into that role very eagerly. Um, and in the midst of that, I was the breadwinner. So again, I just felt like I was, I was allowed to call the shots, so to speak. Um, I also, though, did not understand that there is power in being a helper in in the way that God has designed it. So John 14, 16 and 17 says, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. And that is the spirit of truth. 
And really, you know, if we look at that carefully and take it to heart, the helper is what God refers to himself as when he is referring to the Holy Spirit. Um, It is of great worth. It is of great esteem when we think of it that way. Um, God, obviously, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity are equals, but he has the Holy Spirit as his helper um, speaking into him. So my other definition and how I now like to reframe helper and looking at it is that in a marriage, the helper is a woman who helps her husband to do something or be something that he could not do or be on his own. Um, so really we're there to, to complete them in a way um, that they couldn't couldn't solo. Um, so there are several pitfalls that I'll kind of talk through when the husband isn't leading or when the wife is taking over and leading or not helping, um, several things that we can struggle with. And one of those is that um, we really tend to try to grab control. And that was absolutely something I did. I tried to control everything, the finances, what we did with our spare time, who our friends were, um, how we spent our money, all of those things. I really felt like I was the boss in that situation. Um, Staying silent is another struggle that I think we can be prone to as wives where um, even though he wasn't leading or pursuing me, I would just stay silent in those moments rather than calling out what I needed and, and needed from him. And what that led to was me searching elsewhere for that affirmation. So we'll, and we'll dive into that a little bit later at the end. Um, the keeping silent doesn't last typically. And so those of you who um, are prone to that, if you're like me, eventually that bubbles up to the surface and you might explode. And so obviously that, um, that just lands you in a place of bitterness, which is exactly where I was. Um, to the point that I said the hurtful things, like if this is the worst, for better or for worse, I'm out, which is so hurtful, you know, to look back on that and know that I said those words. Now, what that looks like for us is when I see areas where I know he might need a little bit of help or encouragement, I know how to speak into that. Um, But it means that I'm speaking into it with words and tone that are carefully thought out. It means that I'm using peaceable language. I'm not instructing him what to do necessarily. I'm just speaking into it from my perspective as his wife. Prayer is huge, obviously. Um, That is probably the most important thing that any of us can do in this situation with our husbands. Um, And then trust the Lord. Um, Trust that he is at work in your husband's heart. He's at work in your heart as you're really trying to put those roles on correctly. Um, Our senior pastor, Todd Wagner, says, sin is a disbelief in the goodness of God, that he is not enough. And I love that, you know, just to know that we are so prone to wonder and we're prone to sin. But in doing so, we're saying that what God has done is not enough for us. Um, I have to remember as Drew's wife that no matter how he acts, I am called to live in a way that um, that my behavior can win Drew over. And this is in 1 Peter 3. So I definitely encourage you guys to unpack that. But um, specifically verses one and two say, likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the behavior of their wives as they observe your chaste and respectful behavior. So even in your actions, your husband can grow closer to the Lord just by watching the changes in you and doing that. Um, yeah, I, I love the part where she talks about that she helps me do something or be something that I cannot be on my own. I mean, she makes me a better man. She makes me a better husband. She makes me a better father. She is um, <laughs> quick to correct me when I'm short with the kids. And I sometimes think of going, my goodness, if Amanda wasn't around, our three kids would like, they, they are avoiding long-term therapy from dealing with me uh, because she's around to correct me when I, when I get out of line in that way, so. Just a little bit. 
Um, okay, so the other role is to submit, um, that we're called to submit. And so I'm going to kind of talk about what submission isn't so that you have a good understanding of that before we talk about really what it is. Um, we are um, not being called to be inferior in any way. It is not to be confused with being weak. Um, the scripture says something quite the opposite. Galatians 3.28 um, says that we are equal and we have equal value with our husbands. God is clear that we are all one in Christ Jesus. So there is no difference there. So please, please hear us say that, that we are not saying that the wife is weaker or um, somehow below the husband. That is not what scripture calls, um, calls us. If women were less than in the Bible, then why would Jesus have addressed the Samaritan woman at the well? You know, if you think about these, these times that the Lord appeared before women um, and, and made himself known, um, think about to the resurrection. And I love this example just because the women are who discovered the empty tomb. And I think God chose women because he knew they're going to go tell everybody about it really quickly, maybe a little <laughs> faster than the men would have, right, ladies? So, uh, you know, but, but think about that. Think about the value that a woman has scripturally, um, you know, that that is, that is there for us to really take to heart. Um, submission is not about rank. Um, it is about the role that we are called to in marriage. And so, um, again, the Bible describes submission in the Trinity, that the Father is the head Jesus and the Holy Spirit are fully God. Um, and so it would be hearsay to say that either one is inferior to the other. That is, that is not correct. Um, submission is not blindly following your husband into sin. So um, again, First Peter says, hold fast to your faith in Jesus. Um, again, submission also is not allowing physical, emotional, or mental abuse to occur. So please know that this is never okay. And if that is your situation, let your table leaders know, let someone um, in on that and, um, and bring that into the light so that we can help you and come around to you in that. Um, submission is, let's talk about what it is now. So it is cooperation. Um, again, my submission completes him instead of competing with him as we had done in our early years of marriage. Um, when I was contentious with Drew, I was his enemy. And now we can be on the same team. And we know that we're, we're in this together. And we say that a lot in the midst of conflict. We're like, okay, I'm on your team. I'm for you, but this is where I am. You know, um, And so we really try to use that language to know that we are together um, in all things. Um, submission is seeing the beauty of being equal in value and um, to submit as Drew is honoring the Lord and submitting to the Lord, I'm going to submit to him. Um, to come willingly under his leadership. So Drew can't make me submit, obviously. He can't force me to do that. That's a choice I have to make. Um, and that's a gift to him. When I'm, when I'm agreeing to submit to him and when I'm turning over and trusting his leadership, then that is a gift that I'm giving my husband. Um, some may say in your marriage, what, but he's not leading. So what does that look like for me? And again, we're gonna tell you to go back to 1 Peter 3. Widen the circle if you need to and let other people into that discussion. Um, that is what your groups are here and very well equipped to handle. Um, I am called in, in terms of submission to encourage him with my words and actions. So one of the ways I really can fill his cup is to praise him publicly um, and privately as well. But, um, you know, it, when you give a guy a compliment, they kind of puff up. And that is his love language, is words of affirmation. I fail at it miserably. Um, that's an area that I still need to, um, to gain a lot of ground. But if I am constantly criticizing him or, um, you know, just tearing him down, I, that's, I'm destroying my 
my own house. There's a proverb that tells us that we are destroying our own house when that is our focus and those are our words. So if I'm choosing to encourage him, that is a way that I'm also submitting and helping him. Um, I can understand that we have different responsibilities and pressures that are great. Um, God has given him the command to love me as Christ loved the church. He's to lead me, our kids, other leaders, his ministry. There's a lot of responsibility on our husband's plates. And in his job, scripture said he's, he's held more accountable because of those responsibilities. So Drew takes that very seriously, and therefore I do too. Um, by helping and submitting to his leadership, I'm making him a better man, and I'm helping him to honor the Lord and what he's doing day in, day out. Um, his job is to love and lead me, and he does this really well. So I have no problem fulfilling my role and helping and submitting. If your husband does this well, would you have a problem submitting? Is, is that still an area that you feel like I can't relinquish that because that's something to look closely at? Yeah, so to kind of give you this picture of submission, I hear a lot, hey, my wife won't submit to me, she won't submit to me. And when I drill in to learn a little bit more on what that looks like, it's, it's, it's a skewed picture of what submission is, okay? Um, so this is not about, hey, how you clean the house or how you cook or, or, or how you do anything, okay? Those are all preferences and desires, um, but we're, we're not talking about submitting to preferences or desires, um, Sometimes the the uh, the submission may be true, right? They may not be submitting to your to your spiritual leadership. If you're walking with the Lord and they're not submitting to to what you're calling them, okay, that that can be real. Uh, but just remember that, hey, your preferences and desires don't mean that she has to submit to that. Uh, there's a very different um, a very different uh, between your between what God's calling you to do, between what you want. Um, and so I, I can only think of one time in our marriage where um, we, we had some friends and he, he was a state rep. And so he was on this pro-life pl- platform and, and he didn't vote pro-life. And so I went and had a conversation with him and, and his stance on, on life and abortion, I go, hey man, we, we just can't get behind that right? It's all or nothing for us. And so it was a decent conversation. But as we came back, like they wanted us to still support them. They wanted us to still put a sign in their yard. And we're like, no, like we're, we're going to support a completely different candidate. Well, this was one of her really good friends. And, and so it was not, I didn't just come up and say, hey, you're going to submit and we're just going to do it this way, right? There was lots of conversation that we had. She had great insight. She gave me many things for me to work on, for me to check my heart, making sure that I'm getting godly counsel and that we're not just making this decision in a vacuum. We needed to be a hundred percent on the same page that this is what needed to be done. Um, but, but it was also as something where, where she goes, okay, I'm going to trust you in the way that you're going to deal with this. And, um, you know, that was, that's really the only time that I can think of that, that, that she was submitting to my leadership all the other times, like it is mutual cooperation. I, I can't do anything without her input because her input is so valuable to me. Um, and I wouldn't, want, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be without it for sure. So to sum up uh, what we have here, again, just a reminder is that the husband's role is to love and to lead. The wife's role is to help and submit, um, Ephesians 5, 1 Peter 3. And, and, you know, we talked early on where Amanda talked about the trials that, that we experienced when both of us were not walking with the Lord and certainly not fulfilling our God-ordained roles um, uh, that really led us to the breaking point. 
So during this time in our early marriage, when I was the contentious wife, absolutely, um, we were living in isolation. We didn't have community. We did not have a church home. Um, we, in fact, were living in isolation even from family out of state. So we were just, you know, pretty young in our marriage and out completely on our own. Um, our marriage was in shambles. And like I said, I, I said to him, I wanted out. Um, we ultimately landed in therapy. We kind of white knuckled our way through the first few years and got ourselves to a somewhat more level place. Um, became pregnant with our first child, moved back to Dallas, and by God's grace, landed at Watermark. And um, can never do this without crying. Um, Drew came to know the Lord um, through a series of relationships and conversations and just God's goodness. And while he was growing in his faith. I was walking through Regen, which you all are probably familiar with. And I went through those 12 steps um, fully. I commenced um, at the end of a little over a year. We had our second baby girl. Um, and that entire time I was holding a secret that I had been emotionally unfaithful to him early on in our marriage. So when I was saying to him, I wanted out, I had an out. I had somebody else lined up and, and felt that that was, that was going to be a better situation for me. Um, it is crazy to us to look back at that time in our marriage and see how far, 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 far gone we were and that the Lord was sweet enough in his timing, not only to bring us back together, but to bring Drew into true faith where he understood forgiveness and forgave me for a, a sin that I just still to this day regret and can't believe happened. Um, but God was very good and very gracious to us. And um, it was because of community. It was because of um, God's word and um, people being the hands and feet around us that we were able to grow um, into a marriage that we have today and will hopefully continue to grow through. Yep. And so I remember that, that night of confession. So my first reaction was, well, this is over. Um, and, then, and then God had been working on my heart for a long period of time over, over that time where I, I knew that divorce was not an option. And the spirit just put on my heart, hey, um, the Lord has forgiven you for much, so you must forgive her. So it's literally the first time in my life that I ever just forgave anybody. And it, luckily it ended up being my bride. But, um, you, you know, this, this was really the, the path that put us on uh, for reconciliation. And so um, I, I think a lot just of what she said, hey, if I would have followed my first instinct and left, like that, that picture of those, those three kids, you know, uh, of that family, like that wouldn't be here we wouldn't be here. Um, and, and probably the, the biggest travesty would be that neither one of us would know Jesus. Um, and, that, that, and, and because we do, because scripture is, is good, because being obedient to scripture brings blessing, right? It's not always easy uh, to be obedient to scripture because it's hard and, and God tells us it's gonna be hard, but it brings blessing. And that's what we learned in, in this and in learning to fulfill our roles the way that I can love her and lead her and serve her. Um, and it's just been a gift. And so we wanted to, to share that with you guys that, that hey, whatever's happened here uh, with us has nothing to do with us, has everything to do with God intervening in our lives through the gospel of Jesus, that that is what saved our marriage. So wherever you guys are in your marriage right now, hey, just make Jesus the center. And, and everything flows from that. Um, and, and so, you know, you guys are here uh, tonight. If this is your first night, welcome. 
Uh, we do, this is kind of what we do here is that we'll either teach or you'll hear a testimony where we're going to be uh, really authentic, right? We're going to let you guys know that, hey, you're in a safe place just around a bunch of broken people, imperfect people that serve a perfect God. Uh, and we want you guys to know that this is safe and be comfortable here. So if tonight is your first night, uh, would love it if you guys would stay in this room, come all the way to the front row, and you guys will hang out with uh, the Duns for a little bit, and they'll, they'll talk to you guys about uh, what the next several weeks of, of re-engage will look like. Um, if tonight is your first night for open group, you'll go out those doors and go to the left, uh, and then make another left, and there's a big sign that says open group, and you can go in, in one of those two rooms in there. Um, so we're also excited to say that tonight we are launching two closed groups. So this is a this is a huge blessing, and so we're excited about that. So um, if you guys are in the A Duddle group, you guys are going to be in Breakout 15, which is uh, kind of across from the welcome desk out to your right. Um, if you guys are in the McMillan group, we have changed the room that you guys are going to be in. So you're going to be in Breakout Two which is gonna be all the way to the left. So you're gonna go past the children's area, then there's a little hallway, past that you'll go left and break out two will be that first door there. Um, but we're really excited about that. Couple more announcements real quick. Uh, we've been saying that, hey, we've got some, some service opportunities here at Reengage, And so if you are pursuing membership here, and this is a place where, where you call home, uh, part of being a member here is service. And so we've got things that we need help with. We need help with uh, AV and tech. Uh, we need help with setup. We need help with takedown, coffee, whatever it is. And so let us know. Um, if you guys want to serve here, you can email Lacey, who, who is our admin. Um, I don't think I have her email address, but you can get it off the Watermark Plano site. Yeah, but it's, I could read it, but then you'd have to write it down. But um, you can go to the Plano website and, and get it there from the marriage ministry. Um, and then also you get a free t-shirt, okay? Everybody likes Watermark t-shirts and you can get a free one. So come serve. And, uh, and it's fun. Um, and I think that that's what we got. So thank you guys for uh, hanging with us tonight and being patient. And we went a little bit long and I'm sorry about that. But let me pray for us and, uh, and we'll get out of here. So Father, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for your word. I thank you that we can trust in it, that it's true, that your word is perfect and that you are a perfect God and that we are, uh, just as I said, a bunch of broken people that do not deserve to be in relationship with you, but you have provided a way, uh, a way, a truth and life through your son, Jesus, and we thank you for that. So Lord, I pray for these groups that are launching tonight that we know that your spirit is gonna be at work in the hearts of those uh, who are in those groups. And I just pray for continued life change, but more importantly, Lord, that everybody in this ministry would know that, um, man, they really don't need their spouses, but what they truly need is Jesus. And then as a result of truly knowing you, that they get the blessed spouse that they have been searching for. So Lord, help all of us pursue you um, with all of our energy so that our marriages can be a reflection of you, a reflection of your relationship with us um, and the way that we love our spouses. So Father, we thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.